The opinions, attitudes, and lies discussed on the Portland Beer Club podcast are not factual. Everybody has an opinion, right? Your opinions may not match ours, and that's okay. Portland Beer Club podcast still loves you. Portland Beer Club podcast should not be listened to by any child under the age of 21 years old. You should be living off your parents for as long as possible. Portland Beer Club podcast may have some side effects such as vomiting, diarrhea, or a pussy discharge. Please see a doctor if Portland Beer Club podcast gives you an erection lasting longer than four hours. Portland Beer Club podcast hopes you enjoy the show. Your mother did last night. It's the Portland Beer Club podcast. We want you to want beers. All right, episode five of the Portland Beer Club podcast. Basically, your online bottle share people. Ah, how about that? We're recording on the twenty fifth of I put twenty fourth for some reason, but it's the twenty fifth of May two thousand sixteen. In the studio, as always, I'm Sean. We have our usual Marcus Obed. This is your third time on the show, and then our friend Matthias is sitting in for the first time. Uh, so we have four people in the studio. That's a new thing, also. Cause we've usually been going with three, but uh, so we're, we're blessed to have a full studio. All the chairs are filled. Every microphone has a mouth on it. Uh, so welcome, guys. Thank you for coming. My mouth has been on every mic in this room. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, except for this That's, one. Well, as far as you know. <laughs> yeah, when I'm asleep, you jump on the mic. Ooh, um, <laughs> he's not wrong. So we know Marcus. We know your history, Obed. We know your history, Matthias. Who are you? Why are you here? What's your What's your beer story? My beer story. Well, yeah. I work at ABV with Obed, and that's how I met Sean and Marcus. There you go. Better. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I work at ABV with Obed and Lynn and Andrew uh-huh. and all those guys. The other people and, we've heard on the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, you're um, a home brewer. Yeah, I'm a home brewer. How'd you get into home brewing? Um, one of my parents' friends got me into it, showed me how to do it, and then um, we just did an extract batch of a stout, and after doing it, I'm like, huh, that seems pretty easy. It's kind of like baking a cake in liquid form. Yeah. So if all the directions and are clean, you should have a good beer. So that's kind of what got me into it, and ever since then, I got really obsessed with it for a long time. Nice. <laughs> and you uh, have a particular taste for what? Because you, you, we're drinking some of it now. Um, Father beans. <laughs> <laughs> nice Chianti. Um, I've got like a really strong interest in uh, hopless beers. So hopless beers. So it ancient, yeah. old world style beers, um, uh-huh. just because it is so open-ended as far as style goes. Like yeah. it's really up in the air. Um, you can kind of do whatever you want, kind of like cooking. Uh-huh. So, and there's no really set way to do it. Yeah. So so explain, like, what what are we drinking right now? What's an example? Right now, so this is a Russian Imperial Stout that I made with no hops in it. It's got a bunch of weird herbs and spices. And I was kind of going for um, something strong, something big that could hold up to all the weird flavors in it, mm-hmm. and something that would definitely give you a different buzz than a hopped beer. Yeah. Um, the main bittering herb in this is mugwort, which in traditional medicine is used... Um, mainly to give you like really lucid dreams, really intense dreams. Um, but it is good for bittering. And then I use also a chaga mushroom. So that adds kind of like a, kind of a brown earthy roasty coffee like note to it without any kind of acidity. Okay. And I just, I just made the connection when you said mushroom, because a lot of times there's certain sakes. I'm a, I love sake and there's certain sakes that have this real earthy tone to that. That's not because of mushrooms, but just 
however they're they're making the sake. Mm-hmm. So I, that was one of the things I was tasting, and he's like, "Where what where have I tasted this before?" And it's the that mushroom earthy flavor I've gotten in certain sake. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, mostly mugwort, <clears throat> lots of chaga. Um, I also put uh, calmus root, which has kind of like a a almost like a ginger black pepper, but like. N- Almost, I want to say nutmeg kind of flavor and smell okay. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else did I put in there? I put in um, marsh rosemary, which is kind of a weird, like swamp, um, like wild type of rosemary that um, has a very odd spicy uh, flavor to it. Um, yarrow, which kind of is another good bittering herb that adds kind of like sometimes a lemony quality. And then um, yarrow, marsh rosemary. Calmus, chaga, there's honey, mugwort, and what else? There's a couple other ones. There's, I put. I just kind of just like did a little bit. How of How do you everything. know uh, how much of each to use? Like with hops, it's kind of known because they've been used forever, right? It's like, oh, hey, I need four ounces of this at sixty minutes, you know, and two ounces, of whatever, you know. And like with this, I'd be like, uh, yeah, mugwort. I'm gonna yeah. throw in. Uh, well, that's the thing is like, <laughs> there's not really any set you just guidelines. Try. Yeah. It's okay. really up to people. Like I did a lot of like searching on forums and like other people's experiences with other herbs and kind of like much like hops, you know, the less time it's boiled, the less boil or, or I'm sorry, bitter. The less bitter you yeah, get, but more bitter. aroma. And, yeah, yeah. That same okay. thing, but it's a little more finicky <clears throat> than hops and some things are going to, you're going to get different qualities out of it the longer boil it It could be more stringent depending Mm -hmm. on what it is do you find you have to use a lot more of these herbs than you do hops because hops are so strong and pungent or the herbs just as strong and pungent in general they're just as strong and pungent but they just come through in a completely different way um and like that's half the fun i find is like trying to figure out like all right how can i make these all work one flavor wise taste wise smell wise and like uh, another half of it is like, what kind of weird like effect am I going to get from drinking this besides like hop beers? Cause mm-hmm. hop beers, especially if I've noticed drinking lots of IPAs, you get a lot sleepier, a lot right. faster, like right. I def- especially like big double, triple IPAs that knocks you out pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically these style of beers with all these different herbs and spices tend to be more stimulating in nature. Even at 10%. Yeah. Okay. So they don't have as um, drowsy kind of uh, sedating effects as a hop beer would. Well, I think we need to say that this is a, a really nice beer. Um, I get a lot of roasty notes. It's it's not overly bitter at all. It's balanced. I get licorice. Uh, I get that earthy mm. note that Sean talked about. Yeah, there was licorice in there too. Licorice it's root. not any like any imperial stout I've ever had before, though. Can you even call it an imperial stout? Yeah, it's about ten percent. I mean, it really? is it a yeah. stout? I mean, I don't know. Is a, wow. is a stout a beer or is a stout just a I mean, a beer needs hops, right? So I don't. I, mean, I guess uh, it's an ale then. Is I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what you call it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's great barley. Just yeah. let me see your glass. I'm going to take a picture of your glass. Just I'm going to post this so people can see what we're talking yeah. about. And do you what kind of uh, what kind of how do you ferment it? I ended up using an Irish ale yeast because um, Druitt was another style of beer that they made in Scotland a lot. So I was trying to look for a Scottish yeast, and we were out at Main Brew, so I went with Irish ale yeast. I'm like, mm-hmm. Close enough. Um, and it's the first time I ever used that yeast and it was those new, um, pure pitch ones. And they had yeah. like literally like a couple days old and I pitched <clears throat> two of those in there and it exploded. And this was, I think <laughs> like 
May of last year, late May, so it was nice and you know it was warm. It was warm, yeah. And it fermented really vigorously and really strong, and um, finished out uh, enough to where it was like nine or ten percent. So I was happy with it. I think it, final gravity was like ten thirty. Starting gravity was eleven hundred. Mm-hmm. So I overshot my gravity. So I think I put too much honey in it. So, but yeah. Or did you? Or did I? <laughs> yeah, I don't or know it, about that. Or did it come out just perfect? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So it was very up in the air. I made it before um, all grain and screwed it up. So I wanted to try this again. I just did an extract because it was less finicky and well, less time to do it. Well, you know? I, can, I definitely get too. You know, with extract, you can really play with just the herb piece, right? Like, yeah. You know that. You know that the base malt is going to be what it is with the extract. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. That's good. Thank you, sir. Good mouth yeah. feel, and I like the aroma. Um, the aroma is amazing. It reminds yeah. me of those uh, spice uh, Mexican theme styles going around, like a Braxis or yeah. uh-huh. oh, you know, they got yeah. that kind of Mexican mocha chocolate nose going on. Yeah. Yep. That's one thing I was kind definitely of some of that yeah. going for is like a big, like mocha or coffee earthy kind of flavors to help balance out mm-hmm. any of like the <clears> weird. Flavors that you could get from the other herbs, like the yarrow and the marsh rosemary, because the yarrow is kind of a lemony, and the marsh rosemary mm-hmm. is a very herbal, spicy kind of flavor. And um, like the typical three main Gruet herbs are yarrow, uh, marsh rosemary, and sweet gale. Mm-hmm. And um, you can kind of just play off the base of that. Are there any herbs that are off limits for Gruets? Well, hops. Because the idea uh, is of that a, the only one? Yeah, because I mean, the idea of a Gruet is to you know it's before the introduction of hops into beer uh-huh. so okay and it's most people don't really know that much about it one and there's not much history on it because everyone kind of had their own secret little recipe it was much like coca-cola back in the day where everyone had their proprietary blend and their thing that they did so there's not much written about it in as far as like brewing history mm-hmm. it's really really open-ended and it's kind of a hard, highly guarded secret mm-hmm. okay yeah, it kind of sounds like a beer that Dogfish Head would brew. You yeah, know, and fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Well, uh, I'm out of beer. What should we crack open next, guys? Because this is a bottle share. There's a commercial version. Do you want to try the commercial and see how it compares it up against yours? I mean, it's a totally different style. Yeah. Like as far as like color and sure. All that jazz. Sure. Let's, let's check it out here. I'll hand you the. The honorable opener. And while you're doing that, uh, let's do our brewery focus. Let's talk about a brewery that I, I, I know three of us are into. I don't, I'm not sure, Matthias, what your take is on this place. I'm, I'm going to guess you're probably a fan. He hates it. Let's talk about Degard. Uh, it's my favorite Oregon brewery. Is it? Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm starting to agree, and that's hard for me to say because I'm not normally a fan of that style of beer at that level, but boy, they are just killing it lately. I think it's probably my favorite brewery, period, let yeah. alone Oregon. Yeah. yeah. I've loved everything I've had from them. Yeah, fantastic. So, uh, Obed, are, are you kind of the expert on DeGuard? You seem to know a lot about the brewery. I, I would say he is. Yeah. What, um, what, what do you know, Obed? I do have a, pro- a drinking problem, and it involves DeGuard heavily. Uh, <laughs> a lot of driving to drink. <laughs> well, I'm kind of, I feel the same as Matias. I, I'm a big fan. I'm, I, they're probably my favorite Oregon brewery, yeah. and I support them as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lo- Located down in Tillamook, Oregon, down at the coast, in an odd little place, like a little industrial pl- plaza over there by the Air Museum. When you're heading kind of south, like heading towards down towards the Neatarts or something, you'd 
It's kind of just on the outside, the southern edge of uh, downtown Tillamook. Uh, I've been there once, thanks to you guys. Uh, and it just, man, that was a fun place to hang out. That and, was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, little, it seems like they've got quite the following. It seems like probably they're getting the same people commuting down every week for their releases. And mm-hmm. uh, they've they've kind of built up a little cult following. I mean, all the people yeah. that I know in town, like, hey, are you going to the guard? Are you going to the guard? You follow all the little beer groups and <clears throat> you know, the guard, this re- the release coming up. Uh, somebody get me this. Somebody get me that. And everybody's freaking out that they're going to miss something because you, you want to try everything they put out. Yeah. yeah totally. Oh, man. And. Um. And they put out, I mean, they put out, they don't repeat beers for the most part. Sometimes yeah. the Boo series they do, but other than that, they just come keep coming out with new beers all the time. That's part of the reason why people are driving down every week, every two weeks, whatever it is, when they've got a release schedule going, but yeah. Yeah, I know they get a lot of people from all over the United States that go there, because I know. Yeah, people make trips from, I mean, East Coast come out here like, oh, mm-hmm. I can't wait, finally getting out to DeGuard. Yeah, you know? when my brother, other Marcus, little Marcus, we'll call him, <laughs> um, when he was there, he was saying there was a bunch of people from California, and he went to go pick up like a big allotment of Yeah, beers. who's the guy we met? Uh, there's a guy from Michigan or something yeah. that we chatted with mm-hmm. when we were there oh, during yeah, Festival of Dark Arts. He was yeah. in Seattle for something and just came down. And he decided just... he'd drive down and he spent an extra day so he could drive down from Seattle, Portland, yeah. and go to the guard. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what he came back for. Yeah. Or st- spent an extra day for. I, I so. think, hands down, not just Oregon, but, you know, the whole U.S., they're probably making some of the hands down best, if not the best, fruited sours. I think the only other brewery around that holds its own is, is Side Project out of St. Louis, they're, uh, they're doing some good stuff too. But that's the reason when you go to DeGuard, you see all those license plates in the parking lot, you know, yeah. Washington, California, Idaho, or, or you know, even further. It's, it's the Disneyland of breweries. That's what you see in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's there. Oh, good stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a growing fan. and Yeah, and you don't like – you did not – you DeGuard is probably what's solely swinging you towards liking wild beer more and more. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it took it took Cascade to get me more into the sours and right. DeGuard to get me into the wild stuff. And, yep. I, yeah, I'm just becoming a bigger fan. I used to not be able to tolerate that so much, but they one, – One thing you shouldn't do is show people – who haven't had sour beer to uh-huh. guard because then if they like that first then they're not going to like anything else after that's that. true because my <laughs> brother ran into that you. problem with his girlfriend like yeah she usually she did not like beer i guess or sour beer per se and mm-hmm. then he's like no you got to try this and she's like wow this is yeah. amazing and then now every time she has a sour beer that's not the guard she's like meh, meh, meh. <laughs> which i can understand in some aspect but mm-hmm. you know we're all beer people we all like beer yeah regardless the guard has uh the distinction of having my by far my favorite poop flavored beer ever mm. <laughs> I mean, it, it had well it had cow pie like aroma and flavor in the beer along with other things but that was very present in the beer and i think i gave it a four seven five out of five i said this is going to come across bad but this is delicious for, cow poop. you can like, tell the best the flavor comes from where it's coming where it's brewed at like, yeah it's absolutely like, which beer get, like, was this by the way uh, i'd have to look it up i can't remember off the top of my head okay. um i'll look it up i'll mm. find out all right, all right but yeah it was uh it, but it was a fantastic beer. You guys all had it too, and it was mm-hmm. and everybody loved it. How how long have, has the guard been around? Uh, they just celebrated their uh, three year anniversary, three years. and tomorrow they're actually releasing a special beer that wasn't available for the party, but it's it's now available. It's their, it's called their 
third anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, I probably won't be able to get out there till Saturday. Okay. But uh, three years and uh. They 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 were used to being in the heart of Tillamook. They they moved out to their current location, and now they actually acquired another location. They're going to do um, more barrel more barrel okay. program stuff. Okay. So I'm excited for that too. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, good job to guard. We're all fans. We all love you. Uh, so I think everybody in this room. I know myself and at least Marcus. I, I I know you. We're all. I think we all kind of like to collect our beer. Yeah, we all have a little reserve going on. We all like to age our beers. Some and... people just moved into a, a separate location, separate from their actual house, <laughs> yeah. to store their beer. Hmm. Wonder who that was. Who was that, Obed? What? <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk about let's talk about the investment we've all made into this because I know I went out and obtained a second refrigerator that is full floor to ceiling. You know, front to back, all the doors are full of mostly stouts and porters and some barley wines and some other random strong ale stuff. Uh, what are you guys doing? What, what's in your What's in your collection, and why are you doing this? I collect because I like to share. Yeah, you know, I mean, similar to like I think Marcus was mentioning in an earlier podcast, like that's one of the things we love about beer is to yeah. be able to share it with other people. And right. I know when I'm going out and looking at beer and buying beer i'm not just buying it for myself i'm looking around and seeing like oh what's going to age well what's going to hold well and like how is that going to change over time to when um when i share it with someone that it's aged enough and gotten better Mm -hmm. hey check this out i've had this for this long let's see how it is right and um that's like one thing i like to do is just find weird beer that'll age well and store well yeah what what uh, what's dominating your collection right now uh, mostly like farmhouse and wild ales, yeah. funky stuff, okay. stuff that's going to get weird and change a lot and mm-hmm. theoretically get better over time. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But um, I mean, I do have a couple stouts and like barrel aged stuff that'll mm-hmm. is probably hot right now because it's fresh. Yeah. So it'll get better over time. And are you a purist with your like you got it right in the mid fifties? It's no you know dark and no. you doing the whole. It's dark. Yeah. But that's about it. No temperature control? Not really. So it's just going to do what it's going to do? It's going to do what it's going to do. Excellent. And Marcus, you've got a nice oh, little basement. Or the, yeah. Your basement's set up just about perfect where the natural temperature, mm-hmm. without any regulation, is right about mid-50s, yeah? Mm-hmm. And it gets pretty dark down there. You've got everything protected pretty well. So. Yeah, everything's dark. Uh, it's all enclosed. Uh, at some point, I'm going to actually build a little display for it in the pub that I'm making down mm-hmm. there. But yeah, I've got a, I've got a, I don't know, I don't have as many bottles, I think, as Obed, but, you know... <laughs> I've got a few, and it's a mixture. A lot well, of your it's... collection shames mine. I mean, because when we started collecting, you were like, "I'd buy one, and you'd buy two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know how many I have now. I probably have a, I don't know, 160 bottles or something yeah. like that. Way too much, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm at the point actually where I've got beer that's old enough that it needs to be drank, and I have too much of it. And as Matthias said, uh, and apparently I've said before, uh, you know, these beers are fun to share with people, especially you know who appreciate and whatnot, and. I love taking them to shares or just over to people's houses and and opening them up. <clears throat> and I typically will not drink them by myself, mm-hmm. mostly because I can't. I just can't. I mean, I don't want to be destroyed. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of these beers are high alcohol content. Yeah. Now the wild beers are not so much, and I could probably do that. But even those are fun to share because they're yeah. kind of a little, even more rare than the bourbon barrel aged high alcohol stouts and mm-hmm. uh, blends and. 
barley wines and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree with Marcus. Some of these beers, too, they're a little too much to have just by They're yourself. rich. I mean, it's more than anything, yeah. it's rich, too. There's like, if I'm having a 14% stout, there's only so much yeah. of that. I mean, some people can drink those. I think Sean might be able to take, you might be able to take one of those down in a 22. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. It's just too rich. I'm I, like, yeah. I'm ready to move yeah. to something else. I, and I see lately, I've, I've been having to drink some of this stuff because my fridge literally was to the point where bottles were like halfway on. I mean, they're ready to tip over and fall because it's so full. Yeah. And so I'd pull one up, but then I'd feel guilty. Like, I should be sharing this with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nobody wants to come over on a Tuesday night and drink beer. So, <laughs> right. you know, it's like, well, I guess I'll just drink this to make room. <laughs> so, I think a lot of those, too, are, are a little easier to drink if you have, like, the right food or something sure. paired with it. Especially, like, the bigger dark ones. Uh-huh. Um, those ones would go well with, like, a dessert or something. Right. Because we're going to get into that. Wait, our top six list today is beer food. So uh-huh. we'll, we'll be talking See, and about I'm that. the opposite. I don't like ruining my palate with food. If I've been selling a beer for this many years yeah. and I decide to open it tonight... I want to do that on a clean palate. I want to just, like, enjoy the complexity from room temp, you know, from okay. being cold to room temp. So I yeah. don't like doing too much of the food stuff. Unless mm-hmm. I have, you know, multiples of that beer and, hey, I've had this already, like, two times. Mm-hmm. All right, then we'll do, you know, let's have some fun with it. Yeah. What about say no to Nachos Bill Grande, too? <laughs> Come on, am I right? Oh, with, a ni- with a nice berserker. <laughs> oh, can yeah. usually say no to that at any time. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, also, that's also the fun part is taking some of these... Taking some of these old beers and, you know, like you, you had them when they first came. I, my, my rule is I usually try to buy three if I can. Like one to drink right on the spot, one to one or two to age, and then like you pull one out at one year and you pull the other one out mm-hmm. at two years. Some of them might go longer, but like what Marcus and I have talked about is with stouts, I'm finding I don't want them to get much older than two years and they start getting a little tinny, a little metallic-y mm. on the back end. And especially like with Abyss. Abyss is a fantastic beer, but you, you age that too long and you've got some <clears throat> serious flavor issues. No. Yeah, you need to be careful about that. You know, oxygen incursion is is a real thing, you guys. It's real. <laughs> and it will damage your beers. It's a real No, there's no there's no proof of that. It's not real. <laughs> uh, you can't That's eat things fake, too long. like global warming. Exactly. <laughs> That's the point I was trying to make. Right. right. <laughs> Beer warming. Right. Let's make America great again, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> let's build a wall let's to keep, America. keep the global warming let's out. Let's keep the oxygen mm, out. Yeah. Anheuser-Busch's American lager. Mm. That's a pile of bullshit. But yeah, you can't age beers too long. So that's it. Like, like I think, like I said, you know, I don't want to. I've got beers I need to drink because I know that they're going to start. They've hit kind of their well, apex and they're starting to. And let's talk about that beer we drank down in Corvallis. The the, the guy opened up for us. You know, it was that the nineteen ninety one double IPA or IPA or Oregon whatever. Trail Brewing. That was actually a wit. Um, it was a wit. That's Belgian right. wit yeah, batch yeah. one. Right. Oregon Trail Brewing. The, yep. He said, if anybody can tell tell me what type of beer this is i'll give you a bottle of blah 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 none of us i mean there was like what eight of us that tried that beer nobody could even come close to what that beer was and it had been sitting in a barn for what how how many years or it went through summer and winter and summer it was heating up and cooling off and heating up and cooling off all these years and it just it took that beer on a ride but that was real interesting to try out just to see what happens and and joel's an interesting guy because he actually likes keeping old beer around (laughs) i I tried uh, one of his home brews that was at least five years old and it was holding up really well so nice so he he likes that stuff he's a cool guy yeah shout out to joel and obed what what kind of dominates your reserve collection what do you what are you holding on to and collecting the guard (laughs) no 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 i actually try not to keep my degard around too long because i like i like it fresher there's more fruit yeah that's true trevor does say you know i mean i've i've aged it in my at the brewery and drink it now because 
It's blended yeah. and ready to go. With time, they just kind of lose some of their fruitiness and they become yeah. more tart and sour. That's true. Yeah. But there's a there's a nice balance in between. If you can hold on to them just enough, maybe you know, pair of months, they hit a nice middle ground where it's just perfect. That's the sweet spot. That's what I'm trying to kind of hone into. But uh, I collect a lot of Belgian beers. I think they age really well. Um, like you guys, uh, you know, barley wines and, and stouts and whatnot. But I feel that there's really no rule on what you can age. Mm-hmm. You know, rule of thumb is usually you want it to be 8% or higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, to I, even, I even try to go more 10. I get, I get really nervous about the 8s because, like, I tried the Hellshire last year from Oakshire, and it was, what, 8 percent last year a couple years ago yeah not, i think not, they the, not the, the latest yeah, the, yeah. the year before the year before yeah. the blue label right yeah blue it, it made me really nervous about aging that because i was like yeah. i thought that beer got better i had Did it, it at hillshire day and it was it was slightly better than when i had it fresh okay huh. yeah all right but um I, I i was having a conversation with alex from upright and you know because i was asking him well what do i do with your beer do you do you think i should sit on it should i drink it fresh and you know he was saying um there's really no rule about it, you know, mm-hmm. and I've kind of discovered there's, that myself. Uh, I've had true. beers that weren't even meant to age, and I forgot about them, and then yeah. I come back and I open them, and I'm yeah. like, holy, holy shit, this is really good, you know. I was I mean? at the uh, barley wine festival with you uh, at Lucky Lab a couple of years ago, and they had a 2010 ruination on tap, mm-hmm. which was crazy good. Oh, mm-hmm. I was just, like shocked that. I mean, obviously the hop character had fallen out, but it had been replaced by this like rich mandarin orange hmm. flavor that was that made me go, "I'm taking a bottle of this ruination and putting it in my cellar and forgetting <laughs> about it because yeah. it was crazy good. I would have never expected that out of a double IPA. Well, and, and when like Preston Wiesner's <clears throat> come on our other show, I mean, he he brought some really old shit, like 2005. Yeah, like some uh, Noels and yeah. some other. It's just. Just blew my mind. Yeah. So good. Some good old strong ales. I think just... it depends, too. You know, everyone's palate's different, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, some people like a little bit of oxidation in their beers, and, and it's fine, and they crave that. <clears throat> so, yeah. it yeah. depends. Well, speaking of, somebody said new beer just a second ago. What are we drinking right now? This is this is another I really gruit. taste the whorehound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a commercial example of a gruit, and I think it's a couple years old, because it says to drink by... January 2015. Uh-oh. Um, it does have that kind of that old... The whorehound is held on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, it's totally... We're Sherlock Holmes when you need him. Yeah. It's a little different than the one I made. This is kind of a, way, a, very different. a way lighter beer. <clears throat> yeah. I get a lot of um, malt on this one. To yeah, the yeah. malt comes through the yeah. most. But it says, ale brewed with bog myrtle, whorehound, yarrow, wormwood, and elderflowers added. I think I had that on my omelet this morning. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but that's a good example right now. It was meant to be drank a year ago, Fresher, yeah. but in my opinion, it's still holding on fairly decent. I think yeah. the beer tastes nice. I don't get a lot of those. In, well, I don't know what some of those ingredients are. I will or hound being one of them. I will definitely but, um, say I like Matias's beer better. Oh yeah, 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 yeah definitely. I mean, very different beer. Yeah, but and I think the herbs that they use it's just they they come through differently too. Yeah. And like like yarrow, I would say, and elderflower lend themselves better to yeah. a lighter yeah. um, sure. beer because they're flowers. And that's what this is. It's kind yeah. of like a pale. Yeah. Whatever ale looking. And what I was going for in mind was something that would hold up better with <clears throat> age and darkness, richness. You yeah. Know? Right. So that's why I chose like chaga and like heavily bittered with mm-hmm. um, uh, mugwort. Yep. 
Okay. Well, hey, just uh, take a little break here real quick. Uh, some events coming up. Uh, Pints in the Pearl will be here on June 4th. Uh, it's a little, I think there's going to be six breweries. It's all the breweries that have uh, operations going on down in the Pearl District. And they're going to, every brewery will, I think, is providing three different beers. One of them is brewed specifically for this festival. So you get some nice one offs that you've never tried before. Uh, the 17th through the 19th of June is the Oregon Garden Beer Festival. We will be having them on our other show, In One Day Radio. They're coming up in about two weeks, I think, so we'll uh, we'll let you know more about that when those guys come on. And then the Growler guys have their second anniversary on June 2nd, so watch out for a spectacular tap list there. Uh, new beer releases coming up, though. The one big release coming up that I'm, a, I'm just shitting my pants about, Fort George, Barley Brown, and Melvin are will be releasing the three-way IPA. Uh, for fans of all the past versions of this, you know, you know what to expect, especially with these three breweries hitting it together. It's going to come in at 7.35%. That's kind of a little joke there if you've read their, their release. Uh, they're going to have the release party on June 10th at the White Owl Social Club. So if you want to uh, get first grabs, there you go. Uh, three-way. I'm looking forward to it this summer because it always they, they just always knock it out of the park. So looking forward to that. I'll uh, probably have some. <laughs> or, or or ten. Um, so let's talk about our top six list, you guys. Uh, where, where's mine? Mine is here. There it is. So our top six list topic this week is top six foods that go with beer. What is some really good food you like with your beer? Who wants to start? Let's start with Matthias because he's the new guy here today. Matthias, what is your number five pick? Or no, I'm sorry, number six pick. Oh, five. We don't do five because there's six packs, not five packs. <laughs> All right. So what's your number six pack? Um, hmm. I would say six would have to be like any kind of smoked barbecue food with like porters or stouts. Okay. Smoked barbecue. That's hard to beat. Yeah. I. Yeah. What's a, like? What's a name like one of your favorite smoked like a barbecue item that you would like with? A um, stout. Any kind of like slow smoked like brisket <clears throat> or like pork okay. shoulder or something. Yeah. And mm-hmm. one of the first beers I can think of is which is one of my favorite beers of all time in general is um this beer called Lava. It's from an Icelandic brewery. I have some aging actually in my cellar. Oh, it's good. It is good. I love it. It's, <laughs> um it has just like the right amount of smokiness and like earthy flavor. And whenever mm-hmm. I smell it it brings me back to like camping something like that but mm-hmm. it's not punch you in the face smoke like a lot of the smoke beers are out there mm-hmm. it's more on the earthy side but not in a bad way not mm-hmm. in like a dirt like way or something like that <laughs> um it's just good it's yeah. rich it's good it's chewy it's everything you want in a big stout it's a great kind of winter fallish beer nice, nice. marcus you're number six okay pick. i'm gonna start with an appetizer uh-huh and this like is just appetizers. a personal thing for me but my God, it goes well with any type of IPA or like a golden sour or something like that. And that's just going to be fresh chips, salsa, and guacamole. Okay. Give me that. I could, I, if that is out on the table with beer, I will eat way too much of it and not eat enough <laughs> dinner. Like I won't save room for dinner. What kind of beers do you prefer with that? I mean, typically I'd love an IPA with that, like the saltiness of the chips mm-hmm. with the creamy guacamole. Yeah. Um, just with that bitterness, the IPA coming through. Um, if you're having a good salsa that has a little bit of that bitterness too, and mm-hmm. it just matches well for me, so okay. that would be my number one choice. Just be an IPA, chips and salsa, and yep. guacamole. All right, Obed, number six. Uh, I like green apple, green wow. apple slices. Um, I actually like it with stouts a lot. I think it brings out some of the more fruity notes 
sometimes in there. Yeah. So you know, per, specifically green apple, it has more of a tartness and not so sweet. Mm-hmm. So it actually adds a little contrast as well. So um, sometimes if you know I have spare time and I feel like cutting up some green apples and some other stuff, I'll pair that with a beer. You've just influenced me. <laughs> I'm gonna try that because that's something I've never thought. I've of. never tried that either. So where did you tr- Where did you think to try that? It just came about uh, one day. I, I remember it, it was just part of the spread. It, it was part of the spread, and it like this pairs really well. I need to do this sure. again. You know, it sounds like the invention of the Reese's peanut butter cup only with <laughs> apples and stout. <laughs> <laughs> Try it. Let me know what you think. Oh, I'm definitely all over that. Um, so my number six, and I'm going more traditional. Um, it's I'm very picky about when I do this because I don't like the hard version. I like the soft version. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Uh, and that is a nice soft pretzel with my beer. I do like a good German. What do you want pretzel. to dip it in? Does it oh, matter? A mustard. Just a mustard. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I always go with mustard. Uh, I prefer the stone ground mustard myself. But uh, yeah, I just that's kind of the traditional thing. I, what I, kind of beer? Uh, usually the lighter stuff. IPAs are good. And obviously any lager is going to work well with that. Yeah. Um, especially the German stuff. Uh, I would imagine even probably some of the, the Belgian stuff. Or you could probably even do maybe some lighter sours with that too. Mm-hmm. So I would say it even goes good with a stout or a porter. I just, you know, something bready, a little salty. I'm a fan of that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I mean, come on, a pretzel and beer, that's kind of traditional. So mm-hmm. That was my shout-out to history. <laughs> I'll represent. All right. <laughs> All right, next up, Matthias, number five. Number five, I would say bacon. Oh. And bacon kind of goes with any beer. Bacon and beer. It's just always good. Can't think of any one specific beer to go that goes best with bacon. Because bacon goes good with most things, as does beer. So Yeah. I was going to say, if anyone offered me bacon and a beer, and that's all they were offering me, and no. didn't describe any further, I'd be like, yes. Well, and is it uh, it's, it's Cerevesa, the, what, every second or third Monday? Correct. The, uh, every pint you order, you get a free piece of their, their home-smoked co- home bacon yeah. that they make themselves right there. And it's Sounds delicious. Awful. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Marcus. I am a carnivore. I eat meat. I like steak. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to list steak as number five. Steak. Okay. And what goes awesome with a steak is a beer that emulates a good, bold red wine, and I'm going to go with a creek. Would pair really nicely with a red, with like a, just a nice, medium-rare steak. Um, the creek, you know, it has a lot of those cherry, wine-like qualities, tannicness to it. And then it's got <clears> that <throat> sourness that cuts right through the meatiness and richness of the steak. So it's kind of like your red wine, but with beer. And so there you go. Okay. That I, would be I, my number five. I feel that. And let's take a second here. I need beer. What are we going to have next? Uh, what I've got I've got my DeGarde right here. What else do we have to open? Pop it. Should we do the DeGarde? Do it. All right. Where's, where's my opener? I think you have that over there. Hang on. And this is the... I'm just going to make fun of a little rusted development. This is the Anyang. Anyang. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. Anyang. A-N-I-A with a little thingy over it and N. Anyang. 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 <laughs> Hello. I, I, I've been going through the whole Hi, Arrested Development. Uh, I've been watching all three. I'm on season three right now. I've been rewatching Wait, the whole series and just so... Anyang. Yeah. Which is odd that Anyang just disappeared <laughs> in that show. He somewhere didn't show up somewhere, in season four. Somewhere around, no, like I have not seen him in season three at all so oh. far. Like he he kind of vanished in the middle of season two. Anyang just left. So 
I don't know what's going on. Oh, so yeah. What? Uh, oh, but you've had this beer. What is this? What are we drinking? So it's basically a farmhouse L with mystery fruit in it. Okay. Um, oh man, there's good. been hundreds of guesses of what fruit is actually pineapple, in it. Pineapple, isn't it? I definitely get strong pineapple I mean, yeah. from it personally, yeah. but I mean, I also got a little bit of like strawberry and rhubarb at temp, so I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> yeah. if it's just like you know a mix of the stuff they normally do, yeah. and they just kind of put it in, and you know, let's see what happens. And uh, so it's yeah, it's uh, really whatever you get from it. And yeah. it's not really a sour beer like a lot of their beers are. No, it's more of a saison to me, like yeah. the profile. Yeah. 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 Mm. All right, Obed, number five, beer oh, food. Wow, uh, I'm going to go with um, Get some more acidic yeah. sours and uh, Mexican food. Mexican food. So, uh, Just flat out Mexican food. Yeah, so I'm thinking like uh, Berliners or Gozas or mm-hmm. you know even some really acidic Cascades or Trinities. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember being at a Tin Bucket one day, and they had a lot of those on draft, and... Uh, I got hungry, so I went up the street. They have, like, a little Mexican food cart. You know, I did, I don't know what I did, tacos and some quesadillas, whatever. And it's kind of like the fatty richness from the Mexican food uh, uh, paired with the with a acidic sours. It actually cuts right through it. So uh, it adds some savoriness, mm-hmm. you know, to the sourness or vice versa. The the sourness kind of cuts right through the fattiness of the mexican food mm-hmm. and it's just it's just pleasant so i've it's something i do now every now and then i'll you know order some mexican food and drink some sours with it and it's yeah. uh, i like how they I'm cut right through each other yep. it's delicious mm. wow mm. and I, i've got some stuff that will relate to that but um yeah uh, my number five i'm just going with nuts salty nuts how does that <laughs> like, <what? laughs> I, so how many pairs no here's the deal here's the deal guys. I, Who's nuts? I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm the oldest guy in this room. Which what I, experience was this? How did this? How did you discover you were in college? Was <laughs> this an nuts. experimental phase that you found this out? I, I grew up. My, my dad was a bar owner, and I grew up. You know, with kind of that old traditional American bar, sitting around eating a handful of nuts or pretzels or beer nuts, whatever they may be, and drinking your lagers. And so, my dad always just kind of had a bowl of nuts out when he was drinking his beer, and you know, so that just kind of was one of those things that came to me you know because obviously the bars know if you put something salty out it's going to keep the guys drinking mm-hmm. and to me it just works i i can i can drink salty nuts all day so <laughs> uh, what do you like to drink with your nuts again the lighter stuff okay. um you know i think you could do it with just about anything but I, you know traditionally the american way would be to go with the loggers obviously you know the old shitty stuff but i you know i think it's still a, it can carry over to craft beer quite well sure uh, i mean there's there's certain bars you go to tap houses that don't even have food but they'll put out a bowl of pub mix or you know yep. something salty you know that kind of thing you go to orenco station they you know they sell pub mix so mm-hmm. it makes sense to me it, it works perfect they don't have a food menu but you can get that and that's you know that's the complement complimentary holy shit it's already happening this is gonna be a long night we're doing another podcast right after this one so uh complimentary flavors no 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 No, we got a ways to go so anyways nuts my number five matthias your number four number four i would say just like fruit with any kind of like sour specifically like fruit like sour beers with fruit in it i think just like trying to see how well that fruit came across Mm -hmm. in a sour beer like a raspberry boo and mm-hmm. eating some raspberries because like drinking those tastes like biting into raspberries or something mm-hmm. so 
any kind of fruity sour beer with any kind of fruit or fruity dessert usually works I'll, really really well i'll take that uh, i'll take fruit and just throw it in the glass too mm-hmm. <laughs> make yourself a little sangria mm-hmm. yeah why not beer gria yes mm, i love sangria <clears throat> so is that your your pick also no what's your number four but mine kind of kind of goes with obed although i'm gonna be specific it's mexican food but it's gonna be seafood so like grilled mm. fish tacos Ooh. like coastal grilled fish tacos ceviche uh, I think goes awesome with a, just a nice, uh, like a golden sour, maybe even a dry hopped golden sour. Um, anything in that realm that'll pair really nice. I think that acidity, acidity goes really well with fish. You know, like mm-hmm. ceviche and is you know marinated in lime juice, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think you take fish tacos and you drink a sour beer with that. It's going to be a really nice complement to that. Mm-hmm. So, I would and agree. hops. Yes, I'm always a fan of hops. Even though it's a Gruet show, uh, <laughs> and, the Gruet uh, show. We did start off with a sticky hand, so that's yeah. true. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my number. Four. All right, Obed, number four, please. Uh, I'm gonna go with Gouda cheese. Ooh, listen mm. here. Um, Not just saying cheese, but Gouda. Gouda specifically. I like how he went from all of Mexican food to Gouda cheese. Which, as my dad <laughs> says, howda. Howda. <laughs> howda. Does he pronounce? Does he when he tells you to go somewhere? Does he go ho somewhere? Go ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he you know, oh, my, no. my dad. Hey, he lived in Europe for this three or four years. And he, his his ex wife was Dutch, right. and so he calls it howda. So yeah, and I know I, I call it gouda. I'm just letting you. know. My dad's weird. Never mind. Fuck him. I mean, he could be right. <laughs> I don't. No, know. thank you. <laughs> hey, this is America. Okay, we're gonna make it great again. All right. We're going to great. You mean you hate again? Make it no, you great, great again. We're going we're gonna to make it great again. Cheese. We're going to grate the cheese. Uh, see what I did there? Okay. All right. Sir. <laughs> so, explain, explain Gouda. Anything else about Gouda? <laughs> no. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, I actually like it with Saison's. Um, I mean, you guys are familiar with it. So it's uh, slightly fruity, slightly sweet, unless you get the smoked Gouda, which I also like. Uh, it adds another dimension. But I've had great luck with, um, you know, Saison's, farmhouses. It just it just adds a really nice contrast, mm-hmm. and it complements it really well. Um, sometimes I'll do the green apple slices and the gouda, you know, and just mm-hmm. do a little spread. Mm-hmm. Um, so try it, do it. I, like I'm going to contest anything. Well, cheese and apples, I'm down with. I've definitely yeah. done that. Yeah, uh, it's a great combo. Well, cheese and apples, yeah, with beer. Well, I'm, just, I don't know if general. I've done it with beer, but cheese and apples, I've done. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to go with my knucklehead choice, and I'm just, I'm going to throw it out there: pizza. Pizza and beer. Someone had to do it. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. I thought about doing it, but I thought everyone else was going to do that. Same thing with bacon. Yeah, so. no, no, pizza. I just, you know, it's, hey, let's go have pizza and beer. I mean, you can't beat that. And again, any style of beer with pizza, because it's going to depend on what type of pizza mm. you get, obviously. You know, if you're going to get a big meaty thing, I'm going to be looking at the darker beers. If you're going to do something more vegetable, maybe a white sauce, I'm going to be looking at more, you know, IPAs or even, you know, sours, Belgians, blah, blah, blah. So... Pizza just goes good with anything. So if you're in uh, Portland and you go to Growler Guys on 8th Street, mm-hmm. I actually do this probably once every two weeks or once a week or a few times a week, depending on what my schedule is like. But I actually like going to Growler Guys because they're right next to Sparky's Pizza. Yeah. Yeah. So I do two for one. They're, Sparky's Pizza is great. Get the pizza, go next door, grab a pint. They'll let you bring it in. Mm-hmm. It's just I do it. It's great. Wait. <laughs> the, the Growler Guys will let you bring the pizza in. Pizza won't let you bring their growlers in. 
both, Sean. Really? No. It goes uh, both ways. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, like, if there's one food that you are most typically going to pair with a beer as, as opposed to any other drink, it's going to be pizza, right? I mean, again, it's that saltiness. Like, mm-hmm. you just kind of crave a beer when well, you go with it. there's cheese all over it, too. Che- so. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I can, like, eat a sandwich and have some something else to drink. But pizza, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. A see, beer but sounds I don't, really good. See, but I can't drink just any beer with pizza. I like the lighter ones. No, I like I Pilsners and yeah. Lagers and yeah. Red L's, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with that. Oh, but see, like, if I, I, if I was going to go to... Like, an IPA with a pizza is awesome, well, too. Well, yeah. Yeah. But if it's, you know, if it's, if it's you know, January outside and I'm, I'm sitting over at Flying Pie and I get their pepperoni sausage with the garlic seasoning, I'm going to get a big old stout if they have it. I mean, that's just going to work for me, so... Mm-hmm. Just I mean, you're hearty. wrong, but okay. Hearty. And pair it with some nuts. <laughs> you're wrong. It's okay to be wrong, Sean. You're That's wrong. Fine. fine, but you're Matthias, just wrong. Matthias, number okay. three, Someone please. has to be wrong. <laughs> number three. So this is kind of a very specific thing that just happened to me the other day. Um, I went to the Bollywood Theater for the first time, and I got their fried okra, and it was pretty goddamn amazing, I'd have to say. Fried okra? Yes. Okay. Huh. So they sliced it incredibly thin, long ways, where it's almost like see-through, like like tracing paper. And they fry it, and it was just drowning in oil and salt and pepper. And it was kind of, like, very similar to the idea that you said about, like, you know, salty nuts and beer. Like, the whole time I was eating it, I was like, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. this is such a good beer food right now. And, like, Mm -hmm. this makes me just want to chug my beer so bad because it was just so salty and greasy and crispy and thin and just, like, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. I I had this thought that... I would way rather have this than like potato chips or nuts or fries mm-hmm. as a side for a meal any day. So mm-hmm. as a shout out to Bollywood, yeah, go get yeah. that fried okra. But with beer, I had a uh, Commons Farmhouse with it. So that was a light, easy drinking, but flavorful beer. And it, I thought it paired extremely well with it. But mm-hmm. any kind of lighter style beer, I think would go very, very well with that. And it's just that whole salty beer thing Mm. oh it's good okay marcus number three i'm gonna start moving towards dessert and i think i think there's one in particular thing that a lot of us might still have on our list but i'm not i'm saving that one um but this one's gonna be chocolate Mm. um and particularly salted chocolate um i think the salt just really opens up you know the your uh taste buds to a lot of different flavors and if you pair that with a really rich potentially like a uh, i think a breakfast stout or an imperial milk stout would go really well with a nice dark salted chocolate i think that pairing would be really it is really really nice Mm -hmm. um and so dessert if i can't throw bacon on top of that as well because i think bacon with that (laughs) would be amazing so I'm you just going to throw that in as an adjunct. Hey, sweet, salty, savory. Yes, on. exactly. Yeah. The Bacon sweet, salty, chocolate. savory, the creaminess of a, of a milk stout or a breakfast stout mm-hmm. would be really nice. I, I hear you. So there you go. Obed, number three. Well, this is a common one. I mean, it's kind of similar to pizza, but I, I like cutting up a good bread. Go to New Seasons, pick out a good baguette or some rustic bread and, you know, just something to snack on. Because like I said, I don't like doing like a good beer and tainting my palate with, you know, something rich usually. Mm-hmm. So I, I keep it light. If I am snacky, I'll go with just a loaf of bread. But, you know, good bread. And uh, it's just kind of neutral, you know, and it helps you kind of cleanse in between different beers as you switch. So it's just it's just kind of something very basic, but mm-hmm. it gets the job done, you know. Just yeah. Good old bread. 
Yeah, and it's a great yeah, great palate cleanser. And for it's the... got yeast in it too, like beer. <laughs> but if, uh, it's a solid form of beer. If you're yeah. gonna do a bottle share and you're you're gonna be tasting a lot of things, it's a great palate cleanser too. You know, right. something that kind of neutralize things. Uh, my number three, uh, we've had Obed who just said generic Mexican food, just anything. Marcus, you went with more of a seafood based seafood, a uh, seafood based Mexican food. I'm getting very specific and just saying tacos. Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell. Chalupa. Like, one of my favorite things is going to Gordito's Taqueria over there by Apex and get grabbing a bunch of tacos and, or in my case, get the Cabeza burrito. But, yeah. uh, you know, getting, and drink all the beers at Apex. Getting a bag of tacos <laughs> and going to Apex and drinking beer. I mean, it just, yeah. and again, you know, any beer, it just, it just, it's such a complimentary food for, for drinking That's true. beers. Yeah. The, you know, from the corn tortilla to the, you know, the different sauces you can get in there. Although the one Once thing, you get the habanero sauce, <laughs> yeah, then it destroys yeah, your palate. Yeah, if you, done, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah they, they have one that's just a little too hot and it kind of ruined <laughs> well, I got I got a notorious one time. I was like, God damn it, I just fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Tongue was too hot. But yeah, that that is just one of my funnest <laughs> ways to go drink beer. So tacos, man. Uh, Matias, number two, please. My number two option would be kind of more of a generic in the sense that I really love spicy food mm-hmm. and pairing that with an IPA. I feel mm-hmm. like IPAs stand up very well to any kind of spicy or intense kind of hot food, mm-hmm. specifically Thai mm. or Indian food. But that's that's usually my go-to if I'm eating spicy food and if there's a really good IPA. They got palate jack, mm, I'm doing it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah, usually just a good solid staple. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite. I like... I like spicy food. Obviously, I eat it. You know, I'm Mexican. It's kind of part of my primary diet. But hey, we don't assume anything here. We're not racist. Right. <laughs> Saw you looked at me, Marcus. Good God, uh, man. But uh, really, you are. You know, when you brought up Trump, I saw that look you gave me. No, uh, I didn't think you knew you were Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I kind of like spicy food with with malty stuff. The maltier, the better. It adds, really? it kind of cuts through it, and it's more because IPAs for me tend to highlight. The spiciness of the food, they kind of makes bit. it a little more. So mm. it becomes kind of a one way for me. It's just, it's just kind of like mm, spicy, bitter, hoppy. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like how, like, you know, if you take like a wee heavy or even a porter or a stout or, or something kind of just on the maltier side, it doesn't necessarily take anything away from the spicy food. It might even tone it down just a notch, mm-hmm. but it also, you know, keeps the porter, the porter or whatever and the, the spiciness, spiciness. But I do know a lot of people love the whole IPA and spicy thing. It's mm-hmm. you know. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm in the opposite Nothing with wrong. him is I like the intensity of the IPA and how it clashes yeah. with that spiciness. Yeah, and kind personal of, preference. Like, it accentuates it almost. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh. All right. My number two, uh, and it's only number two because I, because if it's, yeah, because of its side effects to me, so I'm not going to list it as number one. Uh, number two is ice cream. Oh. <laughs> I have seen you get an upset stomach. I have had that before, but it does not mean it's not delicious. Um, you can, I mean, if you have never made a beer float with an imperial stout or a barrel-aged stout or a blend of a stout and a creek or the sky's the limit, especially if you have vanilla ice cream, you can do almost anything. I mean, not anything, but you can do a lot of different floats and different flavors and meld them together and the creaminess of the ice cream just really helps kind of blend things together, yeah. especially if you've got some aggressive flavors. Um, just super fantastic, and 
and the taste is amazing. Yeah. And I don't know what else to say. If you haven't tried it, you need to try it. I've had some good beer floats, and the one thing, there's several beers that I've had, in particular like Berserker, <clears throat> that I think would make an incredible milkshake, which I have not tried to do yet, but mm, mm-hmm. I've had several beers, and I'm like, this should just be made of milkshake. Mm-hmm. Anything with, uh, like, uh, we? Did, I think the first time I ever did it was with you when you made that Imperial Stout with raspberry that was just... A little intense on the raspberry, mm-hmm. but man, you put that over top of ice cream, and it was like an imperial stout raspberry <laughs> sauce. It was yeah. awesome, yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I used too much berry. Yeah. So <laughs> ice cream, specifically vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Uh, because I don't want the ice vanilla cream. Vanilla bean. I don't want it to impart <laughs> too much flavor. French vanilla. Yeah. I just want that <laughs> complimentary, like bean. lactose <laughs> creamy thing to go with right. the richness yeah. of the beer and all the complexity that the beer brings. Sure. So. Obed, number two. So I, I actually had ice cream on my list, too. Um, oh. Something yeah. about ice cream and Coronas and Merlot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, did, I did have, the, did have uh, the ice cream part. Spicy ice cream. You know? mm. <laughs> Spice cream. Micheladas and ice cream. Yeah. Beautiful. No, I mean, it's it's just dessert for me. If you get a nice dessert beer, you make it more dessert. You throw in some vanilla ice cream or, you know, some of the coffee ice creams. Uh, I actually like doing it with a lot of the fruited de Gards. Mm-hmm. Hope that doesn't bother Trevor or Lindsay, you know. But it just, <laughs> I just save a, I save a little bit, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, the it's just delicious. That's the a good lactose point. in it. Yeah. You know, it's uh, not the whole bottle. I'm talking about drink a good chunk right. of the bottle and then pour the, you know, you know, a third of it or a quarter of it or whatever on top of some ice cream. It's yeah. not like. Yeah. And I'm with you. The stouts are are more preferable. Yeah. You know, there's something about a nice imperial bourbon stout. Uh, you know, like <clears throat> I've had really good dark lower. Dark Lord and vanilla ice cream pairings. It's just wonderful. Some people say it's a waste, hey, but it's delicious. Feel free it to let me know the next time you have a bottle of Dark Lord you want to open. I'd love to join you because I still haven't tried it. With ice cream, right? It's we're, good. We're talking about no ice matter cream. what. No matter what. Uh, my number two. We can pair it with nuts if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> From salty nuts and ice cream. Sean's a big nut fan. Nuts and cream. Uh, my number two, jambalaya. Talk about spicy food. Huh. Uh, I, I, southern food that's is good. my probably mm. my favorite type that. of food. Uh, so, you know, in jambalaya, just for me, this is kind of the epitome of Cajun food. Uh, and again, you know, I'm an IPA guy, I'm a hophead, so I just, those two things going together, I'm sure jambalaya can be drank with just about anything, ate with just about anything to drink. I'm sick. it's going to be a long night. Uh, but yeah, that's, mm, yum, 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 yum. You get the chicken, you get the shrimp, you get all those veggies in there with those hot spices. I will go with that. Mm. Matthias, your number one my top number, six beer food. My number one is going to have to go with just any kind of really nice farmhouse cheese and then pair it with farmhouse beer. Ah. Um, I think yeah. that's one of the best things in life is cheese and beer. And oh, I could never give up cheese, man. It's too good. It's too much variety. It's just like beer. It's too much variety. And one of my favorite things in the whole world is a good like meat and cheese plate, some farmhouse beer, mm-hmm. fruit on there, but specifically... We're- cheese and beer we're trying to get andrew from abv on our other show to do a beer and cheese show a pairing mm, so that'd be awesome yeah i can't wait for that i think you're onto something it's one of my favorite oh, things man, in he's the definitely whole world. Something. Yeah. <laughs> marcus you're number one uh, honestly that would that would be my number one if i could eat a lot of cheese <laughs> i mean i'm not kidding he's absolutely right yeah. i love pairing farmhouse beer wild beer with an array assortment of cheeses I would throw some apple in with that. Yep. It would also oh, yeah. be yep, amazing. I mean, good night. Yeah. That would be amazing. Specifically. Well, so is apple. that your number one then? I mean, I guess it's my number one, but I probably really won't eat it that much. Just because you can't. But Yeah. I mean, the other yourself. one I guess I'd throw in as an adjunct would be just anything, and this is highly specific to me, 
anything I smoke on the Traeger. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And the that's just kind of a whole process because when I'm smoking, it's like, oh, hey, you know, throw something, get up early, throw something on. And then it's like, oh, hey, I'm going to go have a beer. I'm smelling the smoke, you know, whatever. I'm going to go have something easy drinking because I got to keep my head about me. And I kind of ramp things up as the day goes along. And as the as the meat's about to come off, I can start pouring something heavier. And, uh, and then once the dinner is, whatever it is, I'll pair a specific beer with that. And, um, and it's really, really hard to fail with a Traeger. <laughs> I have never, the worst thing I've ever made on the Traeger is good. I yeah. Think. Oh yeah. No, you're the worst thing I've had on there that you've made is still superior to most. It's, meats. it's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and some of it's come off fantastic and I yeah. am by no means a barbecue pit master. Nope. I, it just, it, you don't have to with a Traeger. It's cheating. No, it makes good. It makes good food, you know? And so. Um, that's kind of the wise horn, but I think my number one still has got to be cheeses and farmhouse beer. I love farmhouse oh, wait. beer and cheeses. So is, is it, is it smoked meat or is it Go ahead cheese? and put them both down. <laughs> so you have a tie. I think that's a fair tie. Okay, it's it's well, a highly personal thing, and I didn't notice, you know, I didn't list a specific food because it's kind of like every time I do it, sure, it's like that's fine. It's just kind of a thing. That's a process. Like, you can do a type of food or a specific food. We, if we I'm doing a long rules, or yeah, no rules. If here. I'm doing a long smoke, like a day long smoking of something, it's kind of a process, yeah. and it's a it's a personal thing. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. so. Obed, you're number one. All right, so this is for the lazy man who doesn't really feel like cooking or ordering, and Taco you just Bell. work with what's in your <laughs> fridge, not drive through. Big Mac. Um, oh, I was going to say that, McDonald's. Cold yeah. sandwiches and Pale L's or ESBs all day long. Mm-hmm. I, I had to think about what's something just basic that I normally tend to eat and open a beer with and what kind of beer, and that just came to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, just sandwiches in general, really, like good sandwich and a beer. Who doesn't enjoy that? It's it's not complicated, mm-hmm. but just a cold sandwich and something kind of like a Pale L or ESP all day long. Uh, the English have been doing that in pubs for, you know, hundreds of years. Yeah. It's just... It works. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, yeah, I hear you. I never even thought about it until he says it, but now that he says it, it makes so much sense. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my number one, guys, uh, charcuterie plate. I just, you know, we've, yeah. we've kind of touched on it with the smoked meat. It's kind of a cheat. You're taking everything we said and putting it in one plate. <laughs> some smoked meat, some, some farmhouse cheese. Some, some bacon, maybe. Some pickled vegetables. <laughs> yeah. You know, a couple crackers. What kind of beer do you like with it? Fuck All anything. of it. I mean, and some good examples. You can go to Hair of the Dog. They've got a killer charcuterie plate. You can go to Sarah Vesa. They've got a killer charcuterie plate. Hop and plate. Vine. Hop and Vine, yeah. The Commons has a good one, too. Do they? Oh. See, I haven't been to ABB Commons. has a good charcuterie board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many places that are picking up on this whole concept. Uh, you know, you get a little selection of cheese, meat, crackers. There's usually some mustards on there, some pickled vegetables. It's just, oh, it's so good. And it, yeah. it just matches perfectly with beer. Again, yeah. and I don't care what style. Okay, of beer. my number one charcuterie since that. That's basically what I was going for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. Number one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, man, I love a good charcuterie plate. And Saravesa, I get the charcuterie plate with a side of their bacon. So mm. just, mm, man, that's per- like a perfect date. Wait, by uh, yourself? Oh yeah. Okay. Me and a charcuterie plate. We're gonna make love. <laughs> Have you guys had their pasties? Well, do, do your nuts? Oh, yeah. Do your nuts know about this? <laughs> do my nuts? Yeah. The nuts. That's like that's just like a one night stand okay. thing. That's mm. just you know. There's no commitment there. All right, guys. What's well, episode five of Portland Beer Club either. podcast? <laughs> I thank you all for coming on. Uh, I, I was lazy this week and kind of put this together last minute and got you all in here at the last second. So and I came up with you. the best show ever. <laughs> this was a good one. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't had a bad one yet. I mean, it was kind of funny going from episode three where we got really fucked up to episode four. It was like, all right, let's just kind of reel it in. And then back to kind of, hey, a lot of beer and a lot of fun. So I appreciate it. And we will be back in two weeks with episode six. And I don't even know who's going to be on that show, but we'll figure it out 
out when we get there. Uh, you all take it easy, and we're going to wind this down, but we're going to be jumping right back into podcasting with Inwinday Radio, so go check that out at inwindayradio.com. You can find out more about us at Twitter. We're at, uh, at PDX Beer Club. On Facebook, it's Portland Beer Club, Untapped. We're actually under the inwindayradio.com, D-O-T-C-O-M, and then we're also on Instagram at Portland Beer Club Podcast. So go hook up with us and follow us and do all those things and interact and tell us what you want to hear. We're, we're open. Talk to you later. Bye. That's been another episode of the Portland Beer Club podcast. Be sure to check us out on Facebook at Portland Beer Club or Twitter at PDX Beer Club. Feel free to contact me at portlandbeerclub at gmail.com if you have any news, feedback, or just want to say hi. See you next time.